0: Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. And you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, FUMCROYCECITY.org. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed.
1: Good I took to walk 278 in November of 2019 at Sabine Creek Ranch, and I sat at the table of Esther. And I don't know, most of you do know me, I am a warrior, so when I was doing these things that I was gonna have to do, I thought, oh man, I just don't know if I can handle all this. You know, first of all, no phone, no watch, and I'm thinking, okay, I can do this, but when I got there, what he was doing and um, he put me at a table that I bonded with so many the women at that table it It was was like we had known each other forever so all my fears were gone because he knew what I needed I needed that bond and that friendship where we could you know, talk about our Christian life The one thing that I went in that I prayed for, I had rededicated my life at a young adult age, and I wanted that fire again. I mean, I love Jesus, I do, you know, but I wanted that fire that you feel when you have first done your, you have asked Jesus into your heart and you've rededicated your life. And that was my prayer that I had wanted to have. And, He didn't let me down. Because I remember the one night going to chapel, we walked in, lights were low, music was very low, candlelight. And when you sit down, we were in prayer and we did communion. But that was the closest I had ever felt in a long time to God. Because he felt like he was sitting right next to you. He doesn't leave you don't you. And that's one thing that I found at this retreat that I went to, I knew that he would always be with me. And it, it was just an amazing walk. I know everybody, everybody walks away with a different experience, but that was my experience. It's one that I'll always take with me.
2: My name is John Chalmers. I went on walk 239. Uh, uh, June of 2012, I sat at the table of John and I was at Camp Carlos.
1: That's the dinner. <laughs> I'd like to thank Pam
2: for uh, putting me out of my comfort zone. When I first heard about Ameas was when Pam was up here talking about it. And uh, I thought, well, Pretty much, afterwards, I decided that I was going to c- commit myself to music, which is my thing. So I started with the U, the uh, Emmaus stuff, and uh, I actually did a few blocks on Emmaus as a musician in a chrysalis and a women's life. So it kind of got me hooked on the singer. So I encourage you guys, if you are thinking about possible.
3: Okay, my name is Charlotte Taylor and um, I like Pastor Chris. I don't remember what number I was on, but it was at Serene Creek. I'm here to talk to you about another organization called Cairo Southside. Cairo Southside is a -a two-and-a-half-day Christian weekend-designed to just, just for women who have been impacted by incarceration. They have powers inside for the men who are incarcerated and powers outside is for the women that are in their lives. Like uh, Emmaus, it is a, has a series of talks, music, prayers, food, and more food. Always good. And it we usually have try to have two weekends a month. I'm about to fall down with my leg's shaking. Anyway, uh, Okay.
4: We wanted to, to introduce this to some of you because there are a lot of you who, who have participated in this. And, and, and that's okay. And we're not saying that you have to do walk to a maze, but we want to, get to give it to you as an opportunity because it's an invitation. A lot of the Christian life is an invitation. I love uh, Liz is wearing a Emmaus shirt today, and on the back has Luke. 24-32 on it, and that is the uh, walk to Emmaus uh, portion of the Gospel uh, of Luke, where two disciples are, are going down the road, and, and Jesus comes and starts to talk to them, they have no idea who he is, and, and they're, they're, they're complaining, like what Jonah was talking about. They were complaining because, you know, that Jesus is gone and and they have no idea what's happening in their lives whatsoever. And Jesus said, you know, isn't this what was, like, foretold? Didn't you know that this was supposed to happen? And he he lays out throughout the entire scriptures uh, of what he was about to do or what he has done. And they sat around to have a meal And then Jesus left him. And that that verse says, weren't our hearts burning because he was with us? That's the Pastor Christina's paraphrase of it. But weren't our hearts burning because, because Jesus was there? My friends, as your pastor, that's what I want from each and every one. I want our hearts burning because, because we have accepted an invitation, the greatest invitation that we could ever receive to have Christ dwelling and living in our hearts. So if, if, if what you heard today from, from Wanda, from, from John, from Charlotte made you go, you know, is, is is inviting me to, to to go deeper into my faith. See some of these people that I've spoken. See John. See Richard. See dean uh, has gone. Olin's gone. You know, uh, on the guy side. Or Lori, Liz. You know, uh, all the people who have participated. You know, ask someone. I'm sure he can get you a file with somebody who can give you a little bit more information about about the walking ways because the goal notes isn't just to say that we did something. The goal is to allow our hearts to be changed, to allow that, that fire to burn inside of us so that we can then share that fire with others and let them be caught by the flame of the Holy Spirit to, to grow, to, to be nurtured, and then to share that love.
5: Uh, Charles Carroll. Charles Uh, Walk number 194 in Mount Lebanon, October 15th, 2005. (laughs) I joined this church. uh, We kind of moved in here about 1985, something like that. And um, so I sat down and and got thinking. We came to church a few times, and I, I got to thinking about things and i decided that i didn't want to be just a christian i wanted to be a a good christian you know i mean i wanted to be good i'm a football coach you don't just do things halfway if you're gonna do it you're gonna do it right i wanted to be a good christian so being the kind of person i am i made a list of all the things, I thought a good Christian should do. All right, so the first thing, you know, the first thing I felt like a good Christian ought to do is believe. All right, you got you gotta believe. You gotta believe in God. You gotta believe in Jesus. You gotta believe in the faith. So I thought about it a minute. And I said. I believe, check. First check mark, I'm good. What else does good Christian have to do? Got to read the Bible. Hmm, how often do you have to read the Bible? I don't know if you've read that or not, but it's, you know, how often do I got to read this thing? I, twice a week. Sounds good. Check. What else do I have to do? Got to pray. Got to pray, right? Yeah, you're right there with me, brother. You got to pray. So, okay, you know, I I can do that. Check. What else does a good Christian have to do? You got to come to church. All right? Do that. That's pretty easy how often do you have to come to church? I mean, you know, surely God, we don't have to be here four times a month, surely. Yeah, I mean, you know. So I figure, okay, three times a month, check. I'm a good Christian. Now, I'd heard about this spiritual journey, you know, where you can, you know, you kind of move along a little bit. (laughs) my journey was more stops than it is starts. You know, I've heard about people where they take, you know, three steps forward and two steps back. Well, I was doing this two steps forward and three steps back. It just wasn't right. So after a while, there was a group of people in this church here that started talking to me about, have you ever gone on a walk? An Emmaus walk? I said, Yeah, I walk all the time. You know, I. Uh... No, it's an Emmaus walk. It's you, you want to. I said, Well, what is it? They said, Well, okay, you're going to go on Thursday, and then you're going to come home on Sunday. You're going to be there seventy-two hours. Oh, Lord have mercy, seventy-two hours. Said, well, what do you do? Well, you you got these people that get up and they give you talks. About what? Well, we're going to talk about God and Jesus and religion and faith. Now, Pastor Chris, I love you with all my heart and soul, but I don't want to listen to 32 hours of you talking about anything. And I'm thinking, I don't know. But these people kept bugging me and bugging me. And Charlie, you got to go to an Emmaus walk. You just got to. And I go, I don't know. But finally, I figured, okay, just to shut them up, I'd go. Because I'm tired of this nonsense. And I'll go. And anyway, I mean, you know, I, I drive my car Thursday. If it's just really bad like I think it's going to be, I get in my car and I come home. So Brad and Kathy Partridge, some of you know them, they say, okay, Charlie, we're going to pick you up about 2 o'clock Thursday afternoon. Now I think I appreciate that, but I can I can find it. You know, I'll take my own car. Hmm, Charlie, you can't take a car. Crap. What am I going to So anyway, I go, and I, and I, you know, I, I know you guys love Emmaus. I know you do. But Thursday night, it's a good thing I didn't have a car because I'd have got my rear end home. <laughs> I mean, you know, I go in and I sit down at this table, and there's these four other guys at this table, and we're sitting there. And this guy gets up and he starts, I don't want to, you know, blow any seats or anything. He starts talking about something called preventative grace, which I still don't have any idea what that is. And I'm going, gee, what? But I look over to the right, and there's this huge, huge, huge bowl of M&M's. <laughs> this can't be all bad, right? So I make a goal. I'm a football coach. I set goals. And my goal is I'm going to empty that bowl. <laughs> and I start eating M&M's. Man, and I started eating. This guy's talking, and I'm eating and he's talking in my meeting, and he keeps on talking and I keep on eating. And I'm about halfway through that bowl and I think I'm going to make it. And so we have a break, and I walk out, and I walk back in, and the bowl's full again. <laughs> I feel that sucker up on me. If you're on a Christian journey, And you're not sure where you're going. And you're a little bit lost. And you can't figure out where that next step leads. You go to an Emmaus walk. Because I guarantee you, they'll get you over that next step. You'll be there. It's the most amazing experience I've ever been in my life. It's the most emotional about Christianity and loving God and being with a community of people. I recommend it to anyone. It's just, and I can't tell you what it's meant to my life and how good it's been. And I know the other people are going to tell you the same thing. Bless you and thank you for your attention today. And, uh. One of my favorite people, Nancy. (laughs) Thank you, Dorothy.
0: Coach. Coach will never not be coach. My name's Nancy Summers, and I attended Dallas Women's Walk number 177 in March 2004, and I sat at the table of Rebecca. And um, Charlie, you mentioned my sister Kathy. Well, those of you who know Kathy know that she never takes no for an answer. Never, and so by the time 2004 rolled around, Kathy had been on a walk, Um, my sister Kay had been on a walk, my brother Jim was going, signed up and was going on a walk, and Jonelle, his wife, Jonelle Melody here, um, she was going on a walk, so guess what, who was left? Me, so Kathy kept saying, you need to go on a walk, just like Charlie said, you need to go on a walk. And I don't know why, but I was scared to go. I didn't know why in the time I was scared to go, but I was scared. I was scared um, probably of just the idea of it or the time away. My kids were, you know, grown, but still things were going on in life. And so I was scared. So finally, you know, I decided I gave in and I would go. And what struck me, um, as Mary explained uh, to the children a minute ago, there's a passage in Luke, it's chapter 24, verses 14, I think, through 23. And it explains how on the first Easter Sunday, how two disciples of Jesus had left Jerusalem just brokenhearted because their Savior, who they thought, you know, ...was going to save them from the Romans and every evil thing in the world... ...had just been crucified and he was gone. And they were just bereft. They didn't know what to do with themselves. So they were headed back home, as Mary said. And they were walking along the road. And remember that they were followers of Jesus. So they knew Jesus. They had loved Jesus, served Jesus. And yet when the stranger came along and saw them on the road... They didn't recognize him. And only through the breaking of the bread and the conversations that Jesus had shared with them did they really come to know him. And so the walk to Emmaus is a series of talks and events that happen over those 72 hours. There are 15 different speakers. Some are lay, some are clergy. And they share with you different aspects of Christianity But they also share their stories. And as I listened over those 72 hours, and Charlie, I get it. It sounds overwhelming, 72 hours devoted to that. But as I listened to those stories, I realized I didn't have anything to be scared of. We're all human. We're all imperfect. There's nothing that we have to accomplish or any kind of level of Christianity you need to achieve before you go on a walk. It's for everybody. If you believe in Jesus, it's for you. Okay? Don't think you have to be this good or that good or this knowledgeable or, you know, having done the disciple class classes or having taught Sunday school for years or anything like that. You just need to go. There's a part of Scripture just before kind of the... Road to Emmaus scripture. And it tells about, it's also in Luke chapter 24, but it tells about the three women who had gone to the tomb Easter morning. They had gone to anoint Jesus' body. And when they got there, the tomb was empty. Y'all remember that story? And they encounter these two men that their clothes were like lightning. So we think of them, I guess, as angels, right? And the angels told the women that Jesus had risen. And the women saw the empty tomb, and they saw the clothes laying there. They believed, and they ran back to Jerusalem to tell all of the others about Jesus having been risen. And do you remember the reaction? They thought it was nonsense. They thought it was nonsense. They didn't believe the ladies. That's how I was, I think. I was scared to believe fully. And that's why I hesitated to go on the walk. Because I was just not sure about, I guess, my true belief level. And it took going on the walk to Emmaus for me to really understand That God loves me just the way I am. That he loves me no matter what I have done or or will do. And that we're all called to serve the way we are as we are. There's a saying in Emmaus that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And that's so true. So I challenge you to not look at the story in the Bible um, and the walk to Emmaus in the same way. The disciples eventually did believe in Jesus. Of course, they got to see him again. We can see him on a walk to Emmaus. So I, I challenge you to not take the testimonies and the stories you're hearing today as nonsense, but that it's an opportunity, a gift that you can give yourself that, as Charlie said, you will never regret.
6: Good morning. My name is Andy Weir. I went to the walk to Emmaus uh... March of 2004, walk number 179 down in Cedar Hill, Texas. Uh, My connection to the walk to Emmaus goes way back before that. Uh, I'm an honorary preacher's kid. Actually, after 30, we get to call ourselves T.O.'s, theologian's offspring. It's very more astute that way. Uh, My dad was involved with the Emmaus community in Northwest Texas Conference. We served in Midland, uh, and there was a lot of activity for him there. He was instrumental in, uh, you know, several walks there. So I got to know that the walk to Emmaus was there. Uh, He was good to me, and my family was good to me uh, in my spiritual upbringing. He didn't give away, you know, a bunch of secrets about the surprises that would be in the walk to Emmaus, things like that. But in uh, the time that I was called to go to the walk to Emmaus, I had lived my life as a believer in Jesus. I I believed of of God and Jesus and and love for me. My, My faith had gotten me through burying my mother after a fight with cancer. I buried a kid. I was surrounded by the grace and love of Jesus Christ through so many caring, loving people that brought his love and care to me through their actions, through their faith. And thank God I was open to it. I don't think I would have got by without it. As I was thinking about how do I talk about my walk to Emmaus, that 72 hours where you remove yourself from all the chaos of the world. I was trying to explain this to a friend of mine a while ago. I think that there was no shortness of being a good Christian in my life. Like Charlie said, I I dreamed up the, the boxes and Checked a lot of them. As these gentlemen walking down the road in their walk to Emmaus that day had known of Jesus, they believed Jesus, but they didn't have that one individual, their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ developed in the way that it could be. Through my walk to Emmaus and through Thinking about how I would communicate what it meant to me, to you, to people you would tell about this crazy preacher's kid. The individual experience of not only believing of Jesus Christ, but bringing that connection as unique as my own DNA between me and Jesus to understand the love of God that he brought through his son. That is what the walk to Emmaus brought to me. The greatest thing, like Charlie said, uh, it's great to follow people that have given good examples. You, you turn around and, and just when you think that you know, some of that good giving, some of those M&Ms, boy, that, that's really good stuff. As soon as you turn around, God's grace renews you. It's all there again. We sang earlier. We've been there 10,000 years and there's no less time to sing God's grace, you know, to sing love to God. It's renewing it's every day and to me the the walk to emmaus was an opportunity for me to get to know through removing myself from all the cares concerns i knew that my family was taken care of while i was away for 72 hours freezing in cedar hill texas in in may i I thought for crying out loud i won't need a coat and that was wrong but there was warmth there that i knew Uh, nothing else could provide but the grace and love of Jesus Christ that's about my walk to Emmaus and it carries me through to this day and I invite you to support people who go to the walk to Emmaus if you feel so called let somebody you know let them know that you would like to go on a walk to Emmaus or know more about it God bless you